What is up, Four Points? Hope everybody's doing well this morning. I'm so excited about week two of Uncommon. Let me just, in review, remind you of what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about the pit isn't your permanent place. It's only a piece of the puzzle. And just as a reminder of what we talked about, the green or the blue or the sky or whatever it is when we're putting a puzzle together is monotonous. It's over the top. It's overwhelming because we work so much on getting it done. And it just becomes like the gray area in our life that never seems to end. And so many of us end up in a pit, like we talked about last weekend, and it's so hard to know what do I do, what do I do next, and where do I go, and what is the outcome? And isn't that what all of us want to know? Like, what's the outcome for my life, and where, where do I end up getting? Like, where's the end, Pastor? How do, how do I know what to do? But God takes uncommon and changes the world. But we look at ourselves as common, and we look at ourselves as, as, as like, I'm not the one that God's going to use, but he takes that what seems to be common, and he makes that uncommon. And just don't you forget, you are not common. You're uncommon with God. And that's the deal, is, is we started last week in the pit, and today we're going to go to somewhere even different. And so there's one thing, there's one thing that I want you to know today, and I'm going to ask everybody. So I need all of you, I need the audience participation. There's some of you that have never participated one time. I need you to participate right now. So out loud, we're going to throw this on the screen. Out loud, I need everyone to say it. All right? Out loud, I need everybody to say it. Where I am is not who I am. Say it. Because who I am is greater than where I am. Because who I am is greater than where I am. Now say it again. Where I am is not who I am because who I am is greater than where I am. Where I am is not who I am because who I am is greater than where I am. Now let me explain to you why that is. A guy in our church made this for me. I love it. I keep it on my desk. It is the word kavod. We just finished honors reward a couple weeks ago. And this reminds me every day that I am clothed in his glory. Psalm chapter 8 verse 5 says that he made me a little lower than himself or a little lower than Elohim, which is God. And he clothed me or crowned me in glory and honor. Kavad. He crowned me in his glory and honor. Here's why where I am is not who I am because so many of us look at where we are and we say, look, this is, this is where I am, so this must be who I am. And I really believe there's a lot of you here today that that is who you believe you are because that is where you are. But this is what God says about us. I have imprinted myself on you because this is what the word glory and honor really means. And I learned this a couple weeks ago and I was blown away. It really means weight or worth or value like we talked about, but it also means to put your imprint. So imagine this, when you're walking on the beach and you're taking that long walk and you look back, you know, in the soft sand, and you see your footprints, you've left, you've left your kavod. You've left your imprint. You've left your mark. And that is what the Lord has done on each one of you that have trusted Jesus. So listen to me. I'm talking to the Christians. Where you are is not who you are because who you are is clothed in his glory and honor. And when we receive it from God, it's his glory. And when we give it, we're giving honor to those that we show. And so this is, this is why, where you are. It, some of you, you're in a pit, you're in that, that, that valley of your life, and some of you, you're going to be in where we're talking about today. But I want you to remember this. Where you are is not who you are, because who you are is greater. And for so many of us, when, when, when life's journey gets going, 
we look at this, this, this part and we're just like, man, I can't get out of this. And I want to know what the outcome is. And I'm so tired of living this life. And I just feel so common because I don't see the end. And we forget the fact that we're the lighthouse, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And it is maddening. I just really think today is going to be life-changing for a lot of people because we're going to find out what happens. And so if you'll remember last week, we ended with Joseph being sold into slavery. He was thrown into a pit. He was sold into slavery. And we're going to pick up in chapter 39 of Genesis and see what happens in the story. So Genesis chapter 39 and starting in verse 1, it says, Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, a really, really, really important dude in Pharaoh's kingdom, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites. And so he was, he was sold from one group to the other group. He was no longer an Ishmaelite slave. He was now the slave of a really important guy who, who brought him down there. It says the Lord was with Joseph and he became a, a successful man and he was in the house of Egyptian master. Now, of his Egyptian master. Now listen, that's crazy because I want y'all to remember this. He was a slave. To become a successful man as a slave was unheard of. Listen, that is what each one of us that are sinners are. We are, we are slave to the sin. So to be successful in that, some people can find success. But ultimately, you're still a slave to that or you're a slave to God. And that is the place that we all want to be. And so many of us are like, I don't want to be a slave to anything. You are a slave to something. And in this case, he had gone from a slave to the Ishmaelites to a slave to Potiphar. And that was much better. That was so much better. And so he was in the house of Potiphar, verse 3. It says, his master saw, I want you to, to see this because this is huge and this ties in so well with the end of the, of the message. His master saw that the Lord was with him. I wonder this, I wonder when people see us in the pit or, or in the place that we wish that we weren't or, or in the circumstance that just seems like the nonsense in life that we can't get through and we don't know why we're stuck in the place that we are. I wonder if people can look at us and see that the Lord is with us. Because that's a huge testimony of Joseph right here. And that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. And, and I just wonder right here, if we could just stop right here and have a whole message. I just wonder if people look at us, if they see the Lord, or if they see me. That's tough. Maybe it's just me. Next verse. So Joseph, this is huge. Joseph found favor. I want you to say this. Say, say found favor. Say, found favor. So often we look at circumstances of life and we say, I can't find favor or I can't find God's blessing in that because that is not a blessing. But Joseph found favor in his sight, in the sight of the person that owned him and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house. So, so this is how far we've come. Joseph gets introduced in this chapter as the slave of Potiphar and now he's the chief of staff. He's over everything. Now, that's a big elevation. When you do God's will and you say, above all, I will serve the Lord, and that is what I want for my house, and that is what I want for my family, and that, that is what my lifestyle will be, whether you're a young person or you're a person that's lived many years, it doesn't matter. When that is my testimony and that is how I live, you will find favor. That does not mean easy. Jesus said, in this life you'll face tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world in John 16, 33. 
It's not the fact that will we find the pit. You'll find the pit. You'll find the difficulty. But you'll find favor if you walk with Jesus. And he put him in charge of all that he had. And that's huge. That is huge. We miss that so often. Now I want you to skip down to verse 6 in the second part. And this is funny. Because it says, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Let me, let me just explain to y'all what that means. All right. Form and appearance. Joseph was handsome. Here's Mark's translation to that. Joseph had a six-pack and some big old chest pecs, right? Y'all with me? He was handsome. And he had that square jaw. And when he walked in the room, the lady said, what? Right? Because that was who Joseph was. And people took notice. And that's fine if you're walking, doing your thing. And whoa, right? And when he was taking a shower and he was like wrapped up just in his towel, people noticed all those muscles. But it said, and after a time, his master's wife. Now, this is bad. This is the one woman that you hope never notices. That you're hot. Because that's what the Bible says that Joseph was. And it's a little weird, right? The master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph. Let me translate this too. This doesn't mean she just went, mmm. It meant, mmm. Right? Y'all know what I mean by that? She was like, I like what I see. That's a little eye candy. Right? Some of y'all have never heard that before, but just Google it, right? No, don't Google that. All right. Joseph, so, she said, ooh, that's some eye candy. I like what I see. Lie with me. Hmm. Let's just, let's just take the whole puzzle and, and, and look at it real quick. Joseph sold into slavery. Potiphar finds him. He gets elevated. This is like one of the most important officials in all of Egypt. He's doing great. He's the, he's the, he's the guy that's running the whole house. And then all of a sudden your wife says, I want you to come lay with me, which means I want to have sex with you. That's bad. Here's why that's bad. As a slave, he was supposed to obey the wife of his master. And so if he, don't miss this, if he was going to do what he should do at that moment, he should sleep with Potiphar's wife. Now, now listen. A couple weeks ago, we talked about what happens when the person in authority over us, when governing officials, what do we do when that goes against what God's law says? What do we do when we face that, that situation, that, that line in the sand? And then we ask this question, God, why? I've done everything that you want me to do. Why would I get to this point? And some of you are facing that today. So what does he do? What does he do? But he refused. He said, no, I, I can't do this. Why? He said, to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. In other words, Potiphar, your husband, trust me with everything. Why would I do this to him? I can't do this. But understand, even though he was in charge of the house, he was still a slave. This was a big deal. He shouldn't have said no. But he said, listen, here's why I'm not going to do it. He did not dishonor her. He did not go against her. He simply said, listen, out of respect for your husband, I can't do this. And she did not like that answer. She did not like that answer. Verse 9. I'm sorry, verse 11. But one day, when he went into the house, and so I, just so you know, fill in the blanks in the last two verses, she kept on pursuing him. He's like, that's still a dime piece, right? I still want what I can't get. And she kept going. And one day when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house. So he walks in. He's just doing his thing. He's by himself, the only man there. Here's what Potiphar's wife did. She caught him. Just so we're on the same page, back in Joseph's day in King Tut, Pharaohville, in Egypt, 
They wore like cloaks. They wore garments. They wore what we would call like a dress. And you could pull it off because it was tied. This might be like mind-boggling. Some of y'all are going to walk away and you don't learn anything else. They didn't wear boxers. So y'all with me? Right? They wore their garments and that's it. So she caught him by the garment. And I believe she was thinking, I'm fixing to get this cat naked. Because I want to get what I can't have. And she said, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand. So just picture it. She pulled it. She said, lie with me. He's standing there naked. And he had a decision to make. Will I do what's easy? Or will I do what's right? Will I take a puzzle that God has painted in my life, that God's plan is for my life, that it's not my design. This was never my own design. I was bought with a price. God made me exactly like he wants to make me, and he's got my future mapped out. It's not my job to get my future mapped out. It's my job to keep taking the steps. Will I change the puzzle and add the pieces and say, you know what, God's going to be okay with it? Or will I trust God that he'll work it out because honor has a great reward? And I can do uncommon things even though people look at me as common, just a servant or a slave. What, which one will I do right now? Will I make the puzzle pieces fit like I want them to fit? Or will I trust God? And Joseph had that decision to make. And it says, but he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. Now, when you picture this and like we're just reading kids Bible stories, we, we picture him fleeing out of the house, but he's still clothed. But he's naked. He's fleeing. I, I don't know where he went. To his slave quarters, I don't know what it looks like, but this is bad news, right? Because he's guilty immediately. He's done nothing wrong, but because he's a slave, he's guilty. And that's how many of us feel today. You're like, Pastor, if you understood the circumstances of my life right now, I've tried so hard to do my best to live a life that is pleasing to God, but I've ended up in a pit. Or I've ended up like what happens to Joseph here. I just want you to explain to me why this happened. I'm glad you asked. Because here's what happened to Joseph. And we skip down and what happened is she stews over this in the next few verses. And she's angry, Potiphar's wife. And she doesn't understand what, oh, why won't he just sleep with me? I could cover it up. And she would never have told as long as Joseph would have just kept obeying her evil schemes. And so she went to Potiphar and said, he tried to sleep with me and he tried to seduce me. And look, he left his cloak here when he was trying to do it. I, I wonder, I wonder if Potiphar really believed his wife. The Bible does not say that he did not. But what choice did he have? Would he choose a slave over his wife? And so he had to take his word excuse me, he had to take her word, but I just wonder, he's been so loyal and so faithful, I wonder. And in these cases, I believe Potiphar, honestly, I believe Potiphar had no choice but to take the side of his wife, but I believe it probably pained him deeply to do what he was about to do. And he was angry, but I just wonder, was he angry truly at Joseph, or was he angry at the situation that had come about? See, a lot of times we assume and fill in the blanks of what we believe the perception is of life, and when we draw conclusions, we draw confusions. And Joseph had an opportunity to make his case. I did not do that. But that's not what he did. And I find it fascinating. Look, this is what happened as soon as his master heard the, the words that his wife spoke to him. This is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. 
And I just think that's really a fascinating thing because I wonder if he was thinking in the back of his mind, I've got to take this out on somebody. Because certainly it was taken out on Joseph. But I just wonder, verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison. And so we've gone from a pit to a prison. Man, that seems like an improvement, doesn't it? We went from the pit to Potiphar and now to the prison, and that is like it's the roller coaster. Doesn't that seem what life is sometimes? Like it's the ups and the downs, and God, why can't it just be the ups, right? Like I thought you, you know the plans that you have for me, declares the Lord, plans to prosper me and not to harm me. Like I, I, I've heard all these verses before, but where, where is the prosper and not to harm me in this? And the problem is that we get so caught up in today that we cling to the day. And we, we must have the prosperity today. God did not promise you prosperity today. He promised he would never leave you and never forsake you. And that he, he, he would always be with you. And if he's with you in the prison, it's much better than if he's not with you in Potiphar's house. And he had that choice to make. He could have been alone without God because he could have rebelled against him in the house of Potiphar. Or he could have been with God in the prison and he chose to be with God in the prison. How many times in your life, how many times in my life have I said, you know what, God, I'm not going to be with you in the prison because I don't want the prison. I can choose this life. This puzzle is no longer good enough. I want my own puzzle. And I tell God how this thing's going to work. And it ends up terrible. And I actually am getting what I, what I really wanted. And I'm miserable in the process. And so his master took him and put him in the prison, in the place where the king's prisoners were and confined him. And he was there in the prison. See, I believe what happens, I believe what happens is all of us face these circumstances in our life. And they're the defining factor not based on will they come, because Jesus said, you will face trouble. But how we react to them, how we react to them. I want you to remember this. Don't let your circumstances determine your destination. You're like, hang on a second, that makes no sense. Like His circumstances caused him to go to the pit. His circumstances caused him to go to poverty's house. His circumstances caused him to go to prison. How are those three Ps that you tried to make work? How, how in the world shouldn't he stop it at some point? No, because he ultimately wouldn't reach where we're going to reach next week. And it's unbelievable where he ends up. And if he would have stepped in the way, he could have had something that looks so much better, but it wouldn't have been great because good in your life is your choice. And great is always the picture of God. And good is always the enemy of great. And we fight against it constantly with our lives. I know what I think's best, but God knows what's best. And that is a massive difference that we constantly push against in our lives. You are not in charge of you. You were bought with a price. So don't let your circumstances determine your destination because at the point that I begin to push back and say, God, this doesn't work. I become the designer and the one that leads me to my destination. And that was never the purpose. So I, I believe all of us react in three ways. I believe all of us have a choice and we react in three ways. I've put them up on the screen. When difficulties come, you'll either get hard or you'll get soft or you'll change the environment. And then it's I got an egg and a carrot and then something really interesting. So, carrots. Carrots are hard, right? Carrots are hard, watch. That is a hard carrot. And by nature, God has made you, some of you, where you got a backbone and you're tough. And he's made you this way on purpose. 
But when difficult circumstances come and I'm put in boiling water, my hard carrot goes to soft and you can just peel it apart and it becomes disgusting and I can smash it together. Y'all see that? I can just smash it together. And for some of us, when the difficulties come, we quit like the carrot. When that water gets turned up in our life and Potiphar's wife tells us, you'll sleep with me or else, we sleep with her. When the difficulty comes and our brothers say, dude, if you tell me this dream again, <laughs> we're going to sell you into slavery. We say, you know what? God didn't really tell me that. And we quit and we fly. Or like the egg. In this case, the egg, and I won't break it, but it's really soft. Actually, I am going to break it. It's really soft. Like, you can just break it just like that. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. But many of us, like the egg, when circumstances come, our yoke is no longer able to be used because we become hard-boiled. We become hard on the inside. We become angry and far from God, and we flee. And that's many of you. I really believe our natural reaction is either to quit or to fight and get angry and fix the problem. But there's a third option, and I think this one is fascinating, and it's a tea bag. See, this is how I think God created us, clothing us, clothing, clothing us excuse me, in his glory and honor. And putting his print on us, I believe he made us like a tea bag. Because in the boiling water, when the egg went in, it hardened the egg. And in the boiling water, when the carrot went in, it made it extremely, extremely soft. But in the boiling water, when the tea bag is dropped down in, it changes the water. Now, the tea changes, right? The tea bag is no longer the same essence and the same. It, it changes something. Anytime difficulty comes, anytime pain comes to your life, it causes change. It always is going to cause change. Listen, you are going to change, but the question is not are you going to change. The question is are you going to give up or fly away and run from your problems or are you going to change the environment that you're in? See, look at this. This is what happens to tea on the next slide. Tea bags to water changes, like not, not, notice this isn't say water to tea bag. Water to egg changes, water to carrot changes, but tea bag to water changes the name. The name of the water, it's now called tea. And when you put a little sugar in it, come on somebody, y'all need to say amen. It is delicious. Some of y'all drink unsweet tea. <laughs> Whatever, right? But it's delicious. And it changes the color from clear. And colorless to dark and colorful. It changes the identity. It changes the smell, by the way. There's a fragrant aroma to tea. Listen, this water is odorless. I don't smell anything. But this tea, mm, we, we boiled it this morning. It's delicious. Because it changes the aroma, the character, the compound. It's no longer H2O. It's now a, a compound chemistry compound. It, it is not the same that it used to be. It tastes much different because some of y'all love water. That's awesome. That's weird. I'll sell you water. I'll open my tap. But this is much better because it changes the taste. It gives it flavor. Don't miss this. 
That's how God made you to be. God did not create you just to go through life and get really mad or go through life and quit. And he knows because why? He's been in all of those things and he goes before you and he's behind you and his hand is on your head. God is not surprised by anything that's going on in your life. The only thing that God wants is for you to say, I don't understand this. And I'm not even really happy about the circumstance in my life, right? I'm not happy about how this ended up. I'm not happy about these circumstances. I'm not happy to go from the pit and in slavery to Potiphar's house that was much better and now to prison. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why? Because God has clothed me in his glory and honor. He's left his imprint on me and he made me as a kingdom man to change the culture that I live in, not, not conform to the world that I live in. To change the culture, to be the teabag, to be the one that when the boiling water comes up on me, I will change some because I have to, but I will change the environment that I'm in because that's who I am. And I heard this this week and I thought, that is really good. Here's what culture change really is, and, and I think we miss this. Culture change... Is when a people move into an area and establish dominion on the area. So let me give you an example. Many of us would love to go to China. I don't know if you would or not, but I'm telling you, everybody should want to go. The three weeks that I spent in China, I absolutely love. I scaled the Great Wall. Come on. And we did all kinds of fun things with somebody that's in here today. A few of my friends. I love Beijing. I love the towns around it. Beautiful, beautiful place. If you want to experience China... You can buy a plane ticket that's very expensive, and you can fly and fly and fly. And when you've flown, you can fly some more, about 14 hours one way in a plane from Atlanta to Beijing. And if that sounds fun to you, right, it's not that fun. Or you could drive right now to New York City, and it'd take about 12 hours in a car, and you can stop along the way, and you can visit the city that never sleeps, and you can go to a place called Chinatown. And in Chinatown, you're actually in America, right? And you're in New York City, but when you go into Chinatown, I'm telling you, I've been to both places. You're walking into China. It's unbelievable. Everything about it, the food, the people, everything about it. Why? Because the culture travels through the people, not an exact place. This is not God's house because we built fancy lights. It's God's house because God's people are in it. And God's house travels because you go home and you go to your workplace. And just like Chinatown has moved and they've taken over a region of New York City, we should be taking over this entire region and this entire world because God made us with dominion over it. But we fall away and we say, hang on a second, hang on a second. I'm just a carrot or I'm just an egg and I can't be teabag because where I am is who I am but that's got to stop because that's not the case for anyone in here that's a follower of Jesus where you are is not who you are because who you are is greater because he's made you with his fragrant aroma is what the Bible says he he's clothed you in glory and honor and I believe that he's made us to change the world but we constantly look at our circumstances and say, not me. I'm just a common dude. I'm just little old Mark. I'm just little old whatever your name is. God didn't make me to be great. God absolutely made you greater than you can imagine or even ask, like Ephesians 3.20 says. And it's just a matter of whether we believe that or not. And here's what's crazy about Joseph. 
He was just crazy enough to believe that God made him <laughs> to be a teabag and not a carrot or an egg. And here's how he responded. He was thrown in prison. He says, but the Lord was, what's this word? The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph in the good, and now the Lord is with Joseph in what is perceived to be bad. And listen to me carefully. If Joseph, if Joseph doesn't end up in the pit, and then Joseph doesn't end up in the prison, he doesn't end up in the palace where we will go next week ever, 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 ever. And in the times in our life when we think that God's not with us, what we have to remind ourselves is my destiny is not my job. My job is just to be with God. And as long as I'm walking with him, and as long if I am being salt and light, as long as I am being like this picture is the lighthouse that he called me to be, it's not my job to put myself in the place that I should be. It's my job to walk with him. And he said, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. That means unconditional, never stopping love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Verse 22, and the keeper of the prison put Joseph, listen, this is a reoccurring thing, in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. And so a prisoner was now in charge, like a slave was in charge of the house. Why? Because God was with him in the prison, just like as a slave, just like in the pit. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. So here's the question today. It's not, it's not really whether I believe in God, because I believe most of us would say I believe in God. It's a question if I believe God. It's a question if I've trusted God, because here's the deal. I repeat it over and over. Where I am is not who I am, because who I am is greater than where I am. But for some of you, that's not the case. And in just a minute... Our care pastor is going to come up here on the stage and he's going to share with you how you can make that possible. But for every single one of you, your opportunity today is to make the Lord Jesus the Lord of your life, to be salt and light, and to be that tea bag that changes this entire community and changes the world.